0: This episode of Wishers Breakaway is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. They keep the podcast going. And even with the playoffs are going on and the Rangers aren't in there, we're still podcasting. So if you want to become a Patreon subscriber and throw a dollar to my face, you can easily do that at patreon.com slash Breakaway. The second sponsor of this podcast is Empirical Designs. Empirical Designs is a graphic design agency located in New York. Their mission is to provide their clients with compelling graphics that ensure their brand will stand out from a crowd. I actually work with Nick all the time, and Nick is a loyal listener of the Bushricks Breakaway, and he's designed both of our shirts, the second one coming soon in our Patreon, second plug for that. And if you ever need any design help or you want help with a t-shirt, make sure you go to empiricaldesigns.net and talk to Nick, Tom Ryan sent you, and let's get to the show. Weird time for Ranger fans, no playoffs for us, but you still have us for the whole summer till the next season, and the head coach search begins now. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans. Welcome to the week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Yep. So, uh, man, really exciting time for us. Rangers are in the playoffs. Rangers in the playoffs. We're up 2-0 oh, yeah. against the Devils. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think we're going to go all the way. We have, we have cup aspirations. We do. I really like we're... our defense. We have Dan Girardi and Ryan McDonough. Callahan's playing really well. Uh, JT <laughs> Miller's really blossomed this year.
2: <laughs> it is funny how JT Miller has really blossomed while he's been in Tampa. And yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, know, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. He plays he's, on playing he's playing Kose with the best Kuch. players. At the same time, he's also being properly utilized. And it's funny, when a player is properly being utilized, this weird thing happens where um, all their positive traits get accentuated and all their negative traits um, fade a little bit. Hmm.
0: Huh. You don't say, Greg. Are it's you trying cool. to say when you use players in the right situation, they're good?
2: Hmm, hmm. No, this this can't be true. Uh, So I guess what I'm trying to say is when JT Miller is not on like a checking line, he's good.
0: Well, yeah, (laughs) when his job is to come in to be like a ball buster. You know know what JT Miller was really lacking on our team? And I think this is great. Yeah, (laughs) Greg, how did you know (laughs) I was going to say that? I I had
2: a feeling. Just call it a hunch.
0: You seriously are a mind reader.
2: I love, 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 love that there are still people, Rick Carpinello, who say that Elaine Vigneault, his firing had nothing to do with player development. And then you look at someone like JT Miller, whose player development is just exponentially growing by the day. And it's because he's playing with elite players and being utilized properly. Whereas in New York, if he farted on the ice, he'd be stuck on a fourth line. With... Get out of
0: here, JT. You farted.
2: Just unreal. Yeah. Unreal. I don't miss him, Ryan. Well,
0: welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. We are a podcast about Elaine Vigneault. And uh, now that we don't have Elaine Vigneault, we don't know what
2: to talk about. But we'll I, got be... a qu- I, got a, I got a question for you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to become a Washington Capitals podcast when he's managing the Capitals next year?
0: Whoa. This is something I was not prepared for. What? But, but AV getting another job?
2: <laughs> he's he's definitely going to get another job, and the crazy thing is, if he gets the right job, he might once again be successful. It's it's a tried and true formula with Actually, Lane Vino. If if a team with veteran experience brings you on,
0: the Capitals or brings is him a on, perfect situation for AV.
2: I wouldn't call it perfect because AV is definitely going to give Brooks Orpic twenty five minutes a night.
0: Well, yeah, he deserves it. <laughs>
2: He's uh, he's rely he's reliable that Brooks Orpik. I can I can see it now. He's That'd re- be great. Well, you
0: know he brings toughness to the ice.
2: Yeah, I uh, I don't know how Vino would do in Washington. I'm I,
0: not sure be, how o- Ovechkin would react to him. But it would. I mean, it, it would I be know? great
2: if Vino got a third generational talent and still couldn't win a Stanley Cup.
0: <laughs> what? What? Oh man, I hate that guy. It, I'm so glad he's gone. I don't. Know it's
2: saying. it's 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 relieving. I. I do think the Capitals and AV would be an interesting pair, though. Like that, that, I have obviously no sources to back that up. That could be a thing. But Trotz, if they lose in the first round of the Blue Jackets, I don't see any way Trotz survives, especially since he's out of a contract after the season. So the AV to the Capitals could be a thing. I think of the teams that have openings, I just don't see how he works with the Stars. I don't know how that
0: well, would play the, out. Well, Lindy Ruff could go back with them. Oh, uh, yeah, um, before we talk about AV more, what's f- why is Lindy Ruff still on this team?
2: I don't think he really is. I think it's are,
0: are like, they like hanging him out there? Like, hey, Lindy, you still? Get I, it I up. think kind of for
2: what for some reason Ruff is just well respected within NHL circles, and I feel like people treat him a little bit with kids' gloves. And maybe he went on vacation immediately after the season, so the Rangers haven't had the face to face with him that they'd like. And they want to have the face-to-face meeting with him, and then they're going to fire him, or maybe reposition him in the front office Frank, I and think give him a good
0: to job. What you're trying to say is that Lindy is in a rough situation. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> All right. I, I feel like I feel like that was necessary.
1: Okay.
2: Um, yeah. I, I, Lindy Ruff is not going to be the coach of this team next no, year. There's, no. There have been zero indications that, that being the case. He might stay within the organization in some way, shape, or form, but I, I'd be shocked if he was on the coaching staff. And the fact that the fact that we haven't seen a piece from any of the beat writers, specifically Larry Brooks, saying Lindy Ruff is going to have a nominal role on the Rangers coaching staff, that's all I really need to see to know that it's not happening. Everybody's writing about the coaching prospects – that they're most curious about. And uh, Lindy Ruff's name has never come up once. So I, I, I think we're okay here, friends.
0: I think we're all right. My friends. Well, AV could be a capitals coach. Lindy Ruff could not be our coach, but right now, who are the front runners for our coaching position?
2: I don't know if there's a leader in the clubhouse per se. I, I obviously we're,
0: we're being an octopus. We're sending out our feelers.
2: Yeah, obviously uh, that's the thing, right? We've, we've talked about him a lot. Other people who write and talk about the Rangers have talked about him a lot. Sheldon Keefe really feels like the guy the smart marks really want behind the bench. Um, We're going to talk with our friend Brian LeBlanc from Kane's Country about Bill Peters later in the podcast because he's a name that's been floated out there. The Hurricanes might be going in a different direction. Peters has the eye of the advanced analytics community a little bit mm-hmm. so we're going to touch on that with him we're going to see if if there's a, a a tie there we've heard interesting takes about scott stevens which i think is intriguing
0: well the scott stated thing is like everyone blew up because he was a he's a devil's coach
2: that's I stupid i just want to say that 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 is that's stupid if you don't like the guy because of you think he's got the wrong mentality i've personally never watched him I, I don't get the NHL Network. So I don't get to see Scott Stevens talk on TV every night. I do know Minnesota's defense when Scott Stevens was there last year with Bruce Boudreau was one of the more underrated units in the entire league. And the only reason he didn't return to that coaching staff is because he wanted to be closer to his family in New Jersey, which the last time I looked at a map is pretty close to New York.
1: Hmm.
2: So he'd be able to do that while coaching. Um, I, have, I have no reason... To believe he wouldn't make, at worst, a, probably the best defensive coach the Rangers have had in years. If if Scott Stevens wanted to be the Rangers' assistant coach to whoever they decide to hire as their head guy, I think that would be a phenomenal hire. To say that oh, I don't want Scott Stevens because he's Devil's Legacy—that's just dumb. Get that out of your head. I don't. I don't care where any of these guys played as pros or what franchise calls them their own, or who retired their number, it doesn't mean anything to me. Only thing I care about is winning hockey games. And if Scott Stevens can help this defense play better and win hockey games with the New York Rangers, of course I'm going to want him on the coaching staff. It, it's ridiculous to say you don't want Scott Stevens because he's a devil. What are you doing?
0: You're denying what, yourself what you a doing? chance at uh, a new era, possibly in Rangers hockey, because of the fandom. And listen, I get the rivalry, I understand how much we hate the Devils. I understand how much we hate the Islanders. And don't how much do you hate
2: it. the Devils? Let's investigate that a little that,
0: bit. Was, I don't really you, hate the Devils. You beat me to my point. I mean, the Devils won a couple championships in my lifetime. But it was never – I never felt the real rivalry with them of everyone else in the East. I think if I had to rank teams I hate – I think we've done this before, by the way. The Devils are pretty low for me.
2: I don't think the Devils would be in my top five. I think – and maybe this is a mindset – it's weird for me to say it's a New York mindset because I grew up in Connecticut, but it feels like a New York mindset where, right, it's Jersey. I don't give a shit. I, I hate Philly. I, hate, I mean, full I stop.
0: I hate Pittsburgh. I, even, I hate the Islanders so much.
2: Philly, the Islanders, and the Capitals are in some order one, two, three. Well, because Pittsburgh,
0: I, man. I have Pittsburgh before the Capitals.
2: I don't think I have Pittsburgh before the Capitals. I do. I do for sure. Because... It gets to a it gets to a point with Pittsburgh where it got to a point growing up rooting against the Braves where at a certain point in time you just grow to respect it because that kind of greatness just doesn't happen no, every
0: day. Fucking hate them. I'm good with it. I'm fine. <laughs> I have no problem. Great. Um, but you know I, I will I, say mean,
2: I I put I put Pittsburgh before the devils. Like I the devils I don't know. They're just another team in the Metro to me, and I know Jeff. Jeff is going to throw a hissy fit when he oh, listens. Oh yeah, he's
0: absolutely going to throw a knife at us. I just,
2: I don't hate the Devils. Like they, I should hate the Devils. Martin Brodeur was a was a pest, and I, the, one I guess of the greatest. Really, the question all the time. is
0: like, when's the last time you sat down? You're like, oh shit, Rangers Devils tonight.
2: Never. I've I've <laughs> never had that thought.
0: I, I I the only way that would happen is if I was like going to watch a game with Jeff.
2: Like even I, then, even then, I would just be like. Yeah, I'm watching the Devils game with Jeff. This is pretty cool. See if the Rangers win.
0: But Rangers-Islanders? Oh, baby, I'm in. I'm ready to watch. I'm salivating. Rangers-Penguins? Yeah, I want to watch those games. The, the Rangers-Penguin game I went to this year when we won in overtime was fucking amazing, and I hate that team.
2: I will say, since I got to go to the Prudential this year for Rangers-Devils, mm-hmm. Devils fans fucking hate the Rangers.
0: Yeah, and I, that makes total sense.
2: Yeah, I just... And I think it's even... I think it makes them hate us more that, that we, Ranger fans are just so cavalier towards and, them. We're and maybe like, oh, we're
0: being in our own bubble right now. Maybe we're like, maybe we just don't know. We'll have to take a poll. Maybe we'll take a poll on Twitter.
2: Maybe, yeah. But going back to our original point, if the reason you don't want Scott Stevens as the Rangers head coach is because he's Devil's legacy, quote unquote, he, you're, you're you're a mouth breather. I don't know what you're doing now. If you have qualms about Stevens's actual game management and worried about, well, he doesn't have a whole lot of, he doesn't have any head coaching experience, and he has one year as an assistant on a very successful wild team as basically his entire resume. If that worries you a little bit, I'm here to have that conversation. Maybe Scott Stevens' role on the Rangers is best served as assistant to whoever the head coach is. If Sheldon keeps Scott Stevens are the one, two for the Rangers next year, I think the fan base is going to have a wonderful time. I just, I, I'm not here for dismissing someone because he played for the New Jersey Devils.
0: Absolutely. They, I just, I don't want to deny myself that talent because of rivalries. Rivalries are fun, but talent is better.
2: If John Tavares wants to come to the Rangers and also coach the team, he gets that because he's John Tavares. I don't care that he used to play for the Islanders.
0: Well, yeah. Well, he's going to coach and play
2: and be the captain.
0: So I don't know what we're worried about.
2: Yeah. As long as he keeps Benoit Allaire, I don't care what John Tavares does.
0: Benoit Allaire is unfireable. He can't, he'll be a Ranger coach till he dies.
2: He's, he's, he's Hans for the Mighty Ducks. That's it. That's who he is. He's always going to be there until he's not. But then his legacy and his memory is going to propel the Rangers from beating the varsity team. And that's going to be our finest moment.
0: Well, this is sort of a, a carte blanche episode of a Bushers Breakaway. We don't really, we usually have some sort of theme or tie-in. But this week, we're going to just kind of touch on everything around the league. Let's, let's go through the playoff series real quick and make some shitty predictions, shall we?
2: Uh, I don't want to do predictions.
0: Okay. I think Nashville won. win. There you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if uh, you want to talk playoffs, I, I think the thing we talk about is how two of the guys... The Rangers got a second-round pick for Michael Grabner and a third-round pick for Nick Holden. And going into tonight, both those players will be healthy scratches for the Devils and Bruins, respectively.
0: And people that flame those trades when they happened. Well, no, I'd play in the Nick Holden trade. Find me a Nicole Holden trade defender where they were like, the Rangers shouldn't have done that and I will fight them. <laughs> Personally, it, myself.
2: It's... Um, Grabner... I, I don't think we're being unfair to say Grabner just hasn't worked in New Jersey.
0: It, no, it has not hasn't been
2: there. I he, think he has four goals since the trade.
0: I think that... And this is going to sound weird. Grabner was a perfect Alain Vigneault player.
2: He was. But even... Even as a perfect Elaine Vigneault player, if you look at how he scored his goals, no, actually, that that's the way to do it. Elaine Vigneault utilized Michael Grabner's speed um, that other teams either can't because of the style of hockey they play or don't want to shortchange their whole team dynamic to try and accommodate one player's skill set. Michael Grabner is playing like he did for... The Leafs and the Islanders before he became a Ranger. Michael Grabner was perfect for the Rangers because oh, the Rangers right. are just like, oh, we have the puck, we have to quickly try and get up ice. Who's quicker than Michael Grabner? Very few people. I just a second round pick in Igor Rykov for Michael Grabner is just looking better and better every day.
0: That feels pretty good right now. I mean, if Rykov becomes anything, like anything, if he plays the, if he's a seventh defenseman, that's a huge win.
2: Well, not even. I, I mean, I think that's.
0: Uh, well, no. Yeah, that's a win, man. Th- uh,
2: yeah, the fact that the Rangers just got two assets for Grabner, a guy who's now kind of a square peg in a round hole for the New Jersey Devils, and not going to play definitely in Game Three. He might not get back on the ice for the Devils because they just signed their one of their top unsigned NCAA prospects. He'll probably get some ice. Marcus Johansson is back. He's definitely going to get some ice. It's a chance that it's a it's a chance that Michael Grabner has played his last game as a New Jersey Devil. Now, do I want Michael? Gra- Obviously, Grabner's free agent stock is taking a hit. He's not going to cost as much. Well, as you were we really worried about.
0: Have. I mean, I wasn't as worried as you were, but you were saying he was going to get paid over
2: and over again. I I, I still think he's going to get in the neighborhood of three million, and I just I I don't really care for Michael Grabner to come back to the Rangers. I'm with what, you. I, what do the Rangers have to gain from Grabner coming back? It, even if they're not trying – even if they want veteran presence in the locker room on a two-year deal on the wing, because that's where they're probably going to have a hole or two to fill this offseason, I don't know why Grabner would be the guy you go get. I don't think he is.
0: He's not. I mean, look at what this team is now. We have a lot of depth, which sounds crazy. There's a lot of guys that need playing time this, this next year coming up. And especially if, if Kovalchuk ends up coming here. or I, You know, we joke about the John Tavares thing, but we're not really joking. And he could be here too. So there, we have a lot of, of spots that could be filled. I'm not sure Grabner would have a lot of the playing time. I, the last thing I want is to sign Grabner and then put him on the bench, which we wouldn't do. He'd be on the fourth line somewhere. But I think I'd rather develop players.
2: I just – the role that Grabner would play next year if the Rangers brought him back – wouldn't you just rather have Jimmy VC for another season? Would they not play a similar role on the same team? I don't personally think Jimmy VC will be back next year, I'm just saying if you're if you're if you're Jeff Gordon, you're sitting down and you're thinking to yourself, well, I can either re-sign Michael Grabner for somewhere in the neighborhood of three million dollars, or I can just give Jimmy VC a bridge contract for somewhere in the two million dollar range. Is the VC upside not greater? It is. Why don't you just go with the young guy? Isn't that the whole point of this? But you are talking about guys who need playing time. We still don't know who will need playing time with the Rangers. There's so many things the Rangers could, should, would do coming up to the NHL draft. Nemestikov, Spooner, Hayes, Shea, VC. Are these guys going to be here? Zuccarello, is he going to be here? All those guys could be here. All those guys could get traded. Some of those guys could get traded. We honestly don't know, which is another reason why it doesn't make any sense for the Rangers to be thinking that, one of their open wing spots, and I think there'll be one or two, should go to someone like Grabner. I just, I'm with you. It doesn't make sense. Just let Vinny play a little bit. Let, let Thierry come up, play a little bit. Bunyavis, he needs to see if he can earn a spot on this team moving forward. I just, the, the spot that Michael Grabner would fill on the Rangers next year, just give it to a young kid. Let him play. Let the, use him on your third line. And see what happens. He probably
0: plays to what? 60 to 80% of the production that Grabner provides?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the whole, thing, the whole other thing we're not even talking about is we're calling Michael Grabner a system player. The system's gone. If Elaine <laughs> Vigneault was here, sure. That's true. Michael Grabner would be another 25 goals probably under Elaine Vigneault. And then, yes, you'd have to somehow do the calculus and figure out where you're going to get 25 goals from to replace Michael Grabner. But the Rangers are going to be playing in a completely different style next year, completely different system. Maybe the Michael Grabner, the Rangers, signed a free agency is who we've been seeing with the Devils and not who we saw with the Rangers. And that – I wouldn't want to pay Devils, Michael Grabner, $3 million annually for multiple years. Uh, What's the point of that? No. That that would be – it's not as bad as a Tanner Glass signing, but even with a team with as much cap flexibility as the Rangers have, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You shouldn't be giving $3 million annually to a guy who probably – is a poor man's Jesper Foss?
0: If Tanner is out of the league next year, we have to bombard him and get him on the show. Absolutely. We have, there's 100, we, I want everyone to find a way to get me Tanner Glass in the show. I need everyone's help. <laughs> I, I, I'm begging you. Um, yeah, Grabner, I don't think I would want back. I don't, no. I'm good. The,
2: the Michael Grabner era exceeded all expectations, and why don't we just leave it at that?
0: Oh, not only exceeded all expectations... Gave us a great return for the future,
2: for what? Th- that's is. what I'm saying. Michael Grabner, when he was here, scored like what, forty-five like, goals yeah, for the Rangers. Like, I think more. And then he yeah. was transformed into a second-round pick and a B-level, uh, a, a B-level yeah, 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 defensive prospect. prospect. That's pretty good. That's I take that every day, same twice same. on Sundays. And this was the guy last year we were talking about, who people were saying <clears throat> Ryan that the Rangers should trade him while his value was high, or otherwise they'd lose him in the expansion draft. And then we didn't lose him in the I expansion draft. I definitely said that. And we I, still I, traded I him. I
0: still stand by that. I, the, the, I can't believe that we still got the value we did. I'll put it that way.
2: Yeah. I think w- it'd be interesting to see if the Rangers actually got more value this year for Grabner because whichever team was going to acquire him last year would have had to worry about the expansion draft too.
0: That's true. Instead, we lost some guy that's you know playing on a team that's up 3-0 against the Kings. No big deal.
2: Is, he actually, is Lindbergh actually playing, though?
0: Great question that I don't know off the top of my head.
2: I haven't heard Ranger fans on Twitter talk um, about, about him, him in a very all. long time. So, I'm,
0: so assuming, I'm starting to think,
2: okay, Oscar Lindbergh is a fourth-line center that the Rangers lost in the expansion draft.
0: I mean, that happens. And now we're loaded with centers.
2: Yeah, so, where is Oscar Lindbergh getting ice time on this Ranger team next year? Uh, nowhere. He, if Evans can't crack the lineup, I don't know how Lindbergh would.
0: I'm actually going to look up Oscar Lindbergh now and see if he's playing. Um, But, okay, one more thing we wanted to talk about. So that Nick Holden guy, he's not playing, huh?
2: <laughs> he wasn't playing in the regular season either. That's literally a free third-round pick the Rangers got for Nick Holden. And I guess Rob O'Gara. But I'm not even Who cares about Rob O'Gara? The, f- the free third-round pick, that's a lottery ticket.
0: The last time Lindbergh played a game was April 7th. Um, I, I cannot believe that we got third-round pick for Nick Holden. It's been a couple weeks now, and I'm still, like, shocked and flabbergasted. How did, how did he fall for the trick of maybe Vigneault was smart by keeping him on the first barrel no. all year?
2: No. No? No. <laughs> that's, that's the other thing. Someone um, came into our mentions on Twitter and said, well, isn't isn't Grabner and Holden not playing actually an indictment on the Rangers talent level? I, I don't think it's an indictment on the Ranger talent level. I just think it's a further indictment on Elaine Vigno. Because the talent is still there on the Rangers roster. If you look at the Rangers and just run down the list, there are plenty of guys who should be playing over guys like Grabner and Holden right now. The problem is Elaine Vigneault didn't want to play those guys. He wanted to play his guys. And his guys were people like Nick Holden and Michael Grabner.
0: And they said we couldn't make a podcast about Elaine Vigneault if he
2: wasn't the coach. Ah, uh, we're not done. We what? won't be done until the new coach is hot. We won't be done until opening night, quite honestly.
0: Yeah, you think we're done? You, you think we're no. done on opening night? That's no. generous.
2: Our, is one of our – we're working on new batches of stickers for the summer. Is one of our stickers going to be just a fired AV V sticker? It has to be, right?
0: Uh, I think it might be past time when we do that.
2: I mean, we're going to be talking about him for months. Months!
0: <laughs> I want to forget him. I don't want to stick him anywhere.
2: That's we have Tanner Glass stickers still.
0: But Tanner's a god and a legend. <laughs> That guy's we'll, a fucking we'll miracle.
2: We'll talk. We know what the first two are. We're, we're yeah. still we'll on the fence about the
0: third. We'll chit-chat. Um, all right. Where do we go from here, Gregory? We've talked a lot of the Ranger news, a lot of the playoff teams. The Rangers are up 2-0 in the playoffs. I think the Lightning are going to handle the Devils pretty easily, despite Sorry, Jeff. Just despite uh me liking some people on the Devils, and also Jeff being one of our dear friends. But that Lightning team is a juggernaut, and I don't see them being stopped, if I'm being honest.
2: Yeah, they might be stopped by the Bruins. The Bruins right now are yeah. just putting up points Woo. like it's nobody's business.
0: No, and uh, and that Flyers Penguins series is not entertaining because it's just going 5-1 each way every other night. I should note we're recording on 628 on a Monday night and uh, we have not watched the games that happen tonight. So there you go.
2: <clears throat> are you going to watch the games that happen tonight?
0: Props not. I've had a hell of a week, Greg.
2: You it's Monday. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah no i know i know the mets are on at seven you'll be watching that
0: yeah i watched watch the mets game well i was thinking about watching the yankee game because the first time they're playing in five days because the rain decides baseball isn't fun
2: <laughs> that's crazy it yeah. wasn't even rain it was snow what are yeah
0: you talking about? dude this april it's just every single baseball game i've wanted to watch in the past couple days has just been postponed
2: oh so you haven't wanted to watch a single met game
0: i watched noah syndergaard strike out eight in a row
2: that was pretty fun
0: yeah he's you know what noah syndergaard fun to watch Huh, how about that? <laughs> yeah, weird, right? Who knew? Oh, you got, wait, you guys are talking about Rangers? I don't know. Um, let's talk about Leas Anderson one, one more time. Oh, yeah, let's touch on this. Let's huh? do this real quick, and then we'll, then we'll go to our interview. We'll come back and do some nonsense get the fuck out of here. Let's do it. Leas Anderson, uh, some people, some Ranger experts, okay, coach, um, pretty much have said, you know, we, don't, we know what Leas is already. He's like a 40 to 50 point player.
2: Do we know that? Uh I think we're we're comfortable saying he will be at least that, right? I, I don't I don't think it's a stretch to say Leah Anderson has 40 to 50 point potential. I don't think anyone would take umbrage with that. My the thing, and we talked about this on the last um personalized podcast with our friend Bob Kawa. Uh that one we dropped late last week. It is up now for our Patreon. Subscribers, plug, 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 plug. Plug, If you want to to listen to it, become one. So on, so forth, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, the problem is not uh, 40 to 50 points for Leas Anderson. Yeah, sure. that That is a fair baseline projection for Leas Anderson. That is probably, if you run the Leas Anderson projection scenarios 100 times, that probably comes out the most. But there are still projections out there that say maybe 55. Maybe he becomes a three-zone player in the mold of a ranger version of Rick Nash. Not the 40-goal scorer, but some guy who's always going to be a threat to score that also gives you solid defensive performances on a nightly basis. Maybe he's a first-line center. Maybe he's a second-line center. Maybe he's really best used in a middle-six role floating between the second and third line. The problem, Ryan, that I have with people on Twitter – is trying to give a kid, because that's what Leah Sanderson is, he's 19, he's a kid, trying to give a kid a definitive outcome and saying something irresponsible like the Rangers admit they didn't hit a home run on the Leah Sanderson pick. What?
1: What? What do you, what does
2: that even mean? You, you, how, how in the sample size that we have can you make that judgment? Well, it's not even that. It's uh, The other prospects, yeah,
0: they're good, but they're not knocking down doors. It's like these guys are fucking blowing it up yet. Right. This
2: is this is the other point. So the the guy we hear about the most that fans are angry about not taking is Casey Middlestad. And Casey Middlestad looks like a great young player.
0: But Middlestad wasn't even like on our draft list from everything I've heard.
2: He should have been. He was rated around the same point as Leas. The one Middlestad is the most popular one we hear. The one that makes me the angriest are people saying the Rangers should have taken Ely Tolvanen. Tolvanen went 30th. The entire league missed on Tolvanen. The only guy I've seen looking back at draft rankings that had Tolvanen in the top 10 was Corey Prodman. And to Prodman's credit, he had him ranked 7th. However, <laughs> that wouldn't compiling, nice, huh? compiling all the rankings, Ryan, all the rankings from every expert out there, if you compiled the rankings, Leas Anderson was ranked 14th and Tolvanen was 15th. So if you – you had to be going out on the limb of all limbs to say that Tolvanen was going to be a lock, a lock better than Leas Anderson. And here's the other thing. Tolvanen was great in Russia. We still don't really know if he's going to be great in the NHL. No, All ha- signs point to it. But we don't know. You know why we don't know? He's a fucking teenager. That's also, why we don't they're know. they're all teenagers. Yeah. You, this crazy thing happens, it's Ryan. It's fun to get excited
0: about hyped prospects. Trust me, God, do I know. I love a prospect. Man, calling it right now, Fernando Tatis Jr. is winning three MVPs in the MLB.
2: Just Damn right, and thank you for trading him to me in the offseason.
0: You're so welcome. It hurt me to do it, but I was trying to get the entire stand, and I did. Thank you.
2: But, you. but you know what happens, Ryan, is sometimes players aren't Connor McDavid as soon as they're drafted. Sometimes they're not Sidney Crosby. Sometimes they're not Evgeny Malkin. Sometimes these players need some years to develop. Sometimes these guys are more like I, 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 Ryan Getzlaff, who wasn't great coming out the shoot. Some, these guys, they're fucking prospects. I don't know how you can take the sample size you had from Leas Anderson this year. A sample size that includes a fantastic world junior, a strong showing in Hartford.
0: Uh, and A captain of his team.
2: And a, for lack of a better term, he was buried with Elaine Vigno. A guy who had a play with... He had a play with Paul Carey and Cody McLeod. What were you expecting him to be when he came up here? I just... I And the thing that oh, the thing that pissed me off, and we all know who tweeted it. I'm not going to say his name, <laughs> no, Adam Herman. Everyone
0: doesn't know, but, you know, we're not, don't say it again, but...
2: I'm not going to say his name, Adam Herman. Adam Herman. Adam Herman. We won't but talk about Adam Herman. The, the way he worded the tweet is really what I think made people angry, myself included. It was... He was saying he has no sources to back this up and he hasn't spoken with anyone in the organization, but the Rangers feel that Elias Anderson is not the type of player you can build around. What, what just say in your opinion, then don't, don't try and hide under the fact that maybe possibly kind of sort of someone, maybe one time in conversation made a comment about Elias Anderson. If, if you literally don't have it from a source and you literally don't have it from anyone in the organization, and yet you put those things ahead of your opinion saying the Rangers feel, not you feel, the Rangers feel that Leas Anderson will not be a building block for this team. That is the definition of irresponsible. And I would I would blast anyone doing that. I would blast you for doing that, Ryan, if Ooh, you did it.
0: I think the Rangers feel that they could build around Leas Anderson. <laughs> I think <laughs> – No, if you, I'm kidding.
2: I've, I've said this on the podcast before, and I'll, I'll say it again. I think – and I know Drew Way is the one that's saying – the Rangers didn't draft Leas Anderson because they felt he was the most NHL ready. And he actually has someone in the organization saying that the Rangers specifically did not take Leas Anderson because they felt he was the most NHL ready. So that we can put facts to. However, I will say, I think the Rangers were more willing to swing for the fences at 21 on Philip Hedel because they already had Leas Anderson.
0: And they felt comfortable Knowing his ceiling,
2: I wonder. Actually, knowing his floor rather. I wonder. I wonder, Ryan, if Heedle was taken at seven and Anderson was taken at twenty-one. Are we having this conversation? Absolutely not. If those picks are flipped and it's just Heedle going seventh and it's Anderson going twenty-first, are we talking about the Rangers at seven not getting a? player they feel they can build you can always complain
0: complain about missing out of the best player in the draft of course you can always do that but Heedle has exceeded all expectations by a lot I think that's fair to say right I I
2: think that's incredibly fair to say and I think the best player in this draft in my mind is Nico Heischer he went number one overall the second best player in the draft might end up being Nolan Patrick he went second overall when all things are said and done, there is a good chance that Ely Tolvanen is going to be one of the five best players taken in this year's draft. To be angry at the Rangers for not taking him at 7 or 21, it's irresponsible. Because one, the Rangers got two NHL players in the first round. Regardless of how you feel about Leah Anderson and Filippito, they've proven that they're going to have NHL careers. Both are going to play in the NHL for sure. Which by and large, is a success by draft standards.
0: Anything past 15, if you get an NHL player, you're doing well.
2: Exactly. And everybody missed. It's, it's just a fact. Everybody missed on Tolvanen.
0: Every, he everybody.
2: To 30. The Predators got a gift at 30 by getting Tolvanen. Corey Pradman again, is the only guy I've seen that had Tolvanen in his top 10 going into the draft. Corey Pradman is the one that could be out here saying, fucking told you, should have taken him in the top 10. But even then, Tolvanen has just as much of a question mark as to what his NHL career is going to be as Lias Anderson. We just don't know. Casey Middlestad, same thing. The guy looks like he could be an all-star in the NHL. Emphasis on the looks, though, because he has to do it. So does Leah, so does Tolvanen, so does Hedl, so does everybody taken in that first round. It is ridiculous to have such a stern hard take at this point in leas anderson's career to say something like the rangers don't feel like they can build around leas they should think about trading him to move up in this draft
0: do you need to build around leas
2: not every player taken in the top 10 of the draft has to be your franchise that's another fallacy right there leas anderson doesn't have to be the rangers answer he could be part of the answer and still be a very successful seventh overall pick leas anderson should not have the pressure on him where he needs to be the guy for the New York Rangers. That's not how this team is built. That wasn't the plan when they took him. Last year's draft was a notoriously weak draft, not from the sense that there were only bad players available. but everybody agreed going into the draft, there was probably no superstar. It was just a good to average draft class. There were going to be guys that were going to have NHL careers, but there was no McDavid. There was no Patrick Line. There was no Sidney Crosby. There was no Rasmus Dahlin. These guys did not exist in last year's draft. So you had to hit your marks. And by all accounts, standing here right now with you, Ryan, Sitting. the Rangers hit their mark. They've yes. got two NHL players in the first round of the draft, one of which, Filippito, looks like a perennial all-star if he hits his ceiling. And I don't know, as a Ranger fan, what more you could have possibly wanted. I, I, listen, you always want things perfect, but
0: life's not perfect. And boy, do I know that.
2: But that uh, the, the other thing is, like, we don't know what perfect is. The Rangers weren't getting sure any way you cut it. Right. And so,
0: everything else still is, still is a wild card after. Heedle, by the way, could end up being the best player after
2: that. Sure. they Or he could be a bust, too. Like, here's the thing. If you're going to be that hard on Elias Anderson, you better be that hard on Philip Heedle Because what has Heedle proven?
0: He can score goals.
2: That's it. In, in, in the AHL, he can score goals. But we also don't know if he can stay healthy. You no, missed we missed a don't. lot of games last year.
0: We, were, again, you know what, Greg? At the end of the day, you know what we do know.
2: What? Nothing, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's life, bro. That's life, man. Do you want to go over the interview with Brian LeBlanc? Let's hit it, Brian. We're coming your way, Tren. We are back with our guest, Brian LeBlanc. He is a managing editor, 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 editor at CanesCountry.com. That was incredible, Brian. Say hello. Hello. What's up, man? You are a recurring guest. This is your second time with the Bushes Breakaway. Up.
1: I know you have not yeah, a- I guess. I guess. The, I guess the pessimist way of looking at it is, I didn't get enough to. I didn't do enough the first time around to get me disinvited from coming back. So I have to work harder.
0: <laughs> right. You. I listen. I, we're all about striving to be mediocre here, and that's what we do. Absolutely. Um. Today we're going to talk to you about a coach, and then if we should hire him,
1: and I'll let Greg that's take over okay. here because
0: I've been out of the loop this week. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: Brian. The main reason I want to bring you on, obviously, I don't know if you've heard, uh, Elaine Vino got fired. <gasps> oh, it's incredible. Did you have it's any? Remarkable. Did you
1: have any thoughts on that, Brian? I the only thought that I really had on that. First off, I actually I had two. First off, I'm really kind of pissed at Jeff Gordon for doing it when he did, because it prevented us from going an entire season without having a coach fired, because no. it was second to last day of the season, like. Wait a day. It doesn't count. It
0: counts. I mean, I guess it does, but
1: still. It doesn't count. Ca- no, because they had that makeup game between the Bruins and the Panthers the next day, so it doesn't count.
0: Oh, that sucks. Right?
1: <laughs> I know. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I was here for having an entire season with no coach fired, and then then they go and fire the coach. Usually it's on Monday. They go ahead and turf him at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. And because of that, you get an asterisk next to it in the record book, and you technically did have one coach fired. To
0: be the- fair, Brian, L.A. Vino has a lot of asterisks next
1: to his name in the record book, and this is just another <laughs> one. This is true, and I, you know, I, I can understand the thinking behind dumping him and trying to go elsewhere. I just kind of wonder if he, I mean, and you know, you guys follow the Rangers more than I do. We but do outside. I kind of yes right <laughs> um, I kind of wonder if he got really a fair shake because oh, you know, boy. what the team they're they're gonna rebuild obviously and you know he's got a lot of experience with young guys you know he had a bunch of, of youngsters in Vancouver that came through and then um, you know he kind of brought up you know Mil- the the Miller Kreider McDonough group was already there when he was there but they kind of You know came of age when he was there so he's got experience dealing with a group of guys that may not be the oldest in the group in the in the league and i could i could kind of see it both ways i wouldn't have been surprised i obviously wasn't surprised that he was let go but i wouldn't have been surprised if he had been given another chance to see you know let's see what you can do with this next generation of guys that's coming through but again You guys follow the Rangers. You will not be surprised about what we're about to say.
0: We are very happy. He's gone. Yeah. Fair enough.
2: It's always interesting to hear like an outsider's perspective on someone like Elaine Vigneault, because as a Ranger fan, I can tell you for sure. He is not the guy you want coaching a young roster. He is. He is perfect for veteran rosters, which is why he was as close to perfect as he could be his first two years Mm -hmm. with the Rangers, because those were veteran heavy teams yeah. But, I mean, you brought up a guy like J.T. Miller, and I, I, again, we've mentioned this on the podcast multiple times. We know he's playing with Stamkos and Kucherov, but he just looks so much freer in yeah. Tampa Bay than he ever did playing for Vino in New York.
1: Which kind of brings us to the reason that I think you guys want me on this podcast. Hmm. The uh, possible availability of Bill Peters, because I kind of see a little bit of a parallel here between the two, in that hurricanes fans are ready to buy the plane ticket for him and drive him to the airport. You know, the, they, they could even call the cab for, we have experience with that in this market. Um, (laughs) but you know, and it, and it kind of makes us scratch our heads around here when we see, you know, other markets have been calling him and are interested in his services and we're like, okay, have them. That's fine.
2: This is this is exactly actually why we wanted to bring you on because the the general non-hurricane view of Bill Peters is still very positive. It's almost like here's this guy, he's analytically driven, maybe more so than some of his peers, but maybe he just hasn't had a good goalie to really back him up. But one of our um, good friends, Drew Wade, did some digging, and the underlying numbers of Bill Peters' team – Kind of show that he's actually a poor defensive coach and it might just not be the goalie. What is, you know a lot better than us in this regard. What um, what do you see from Bill Peters, the coach? Should we be interested?
1: You know, Bill Peters is a really interesting test case for how far you want to take um, analytics and advanced stats and so forth. Because the underlying numbers by and large are really good. They're They're, you know, most of the problem that they've had has been poor shooting percentage, and goaltending. Um, it's it's interesting to see because, I mean, there's, a, there's always this tug of war, I think, between the do-you-watch-the-game crowd and the spreadsheet crowd. And I know that, that you know, there, it's shades of gray and it's not, you know, one or the other. But Peters is a really interesting case because the numbers look really good and the Hurricanes for years have looked like a team that should be better than they are. But for whatever reason, it just never really comes together. And under Peters, you know, we've we've had a uh, shutdown pairing in Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci develop. Um, Justin Falk has had highs and lows, I guess is the most polite way to say it. This past year was pretty close to a complete disaster. But he's, you know, a year removed from having been a three time all star. So, I mean, he's he knows what he's doing and you know, he's played good hockey under Bill Peters, but for whatever reason, they've just never been able to sustain that and let it go for more than, you know, three or four games at a time. And every time they look like they're getting momentum, it just gets shot in the foot and they have to start all over again. And that's the thing that's kind of frustrating about watching the Hurricanes under Bill Peters is that, you know, there's just this idea that, oh, we just need to work harder. We need to do more with what we've got we need to make sure our guys are in the right place but i mean this is stuff that we've heard for four years and it's never really gotten any better it just you know even if you throw out the first year which was planned to be a rebuilding year the hurricanes have treaded water for the last three years they haven't gotten markedly better in fact this past year they've gotten worse and you know some of that's got to be player deployment some of that's got to be you know, strategy with your with your personnel. And a lot of that falls on the coaching staff, which includes Peters, obviously.
2: Is there a seminal moment in your mind that to you signals Bill Peters just isn't your guy? Like for Ranger fans, a lot of us, us included, latch on to his misuse or underuse of someone like Pavel Buchnevich. Is there a player that Peters has, I don't know if buried is the right word, but is there a player that he, just clearly can't get right in Carolina. That would worry me.
1: I don't really think that there's a guy that he's misused to any certain extent the way that, you know, um, know, other Hurricanes coaches in the past have have buried players. You could maybe pick a nit with how he uses Jeff Skinner, you know, a 30-goal guy that never really gets above the third line more often than not. But Skinner's a, a pathetic defensive player. I mean, you know, He's, I know the plus minus is a flawed stat, but the one place where it comes in handy is when you're comparing guys on the same team to see like who was on the ice for goals. Skinner's a minus 20 something, and you know, half the team is somewhere between minus 10 and plus five. So, I mean, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's defend, it's defensible how he uses. How he's used Skinner. Obviously, you'd want to see a guy with that kind of scoring capability get more of a chance offensively, but you know, he's such a liability in his own end that I don't really think you can blame Peters for how he's used him. Where it's been really frustrating more than anything is, and this isn't necessarily quite as much on Peters specifically, but also on the, you know, now departed, well, not departed, but you know, fired upstairs Ron Francis. Um you know, guys like Valentin Zikoff, who won the AHL scoring title, um, didn't he didn't come up until the very end of the season. Warren Fogle, another guy who in Charlotte had a great year, uh, came up for a cup of coffee near the end of the season. But at that point, the uh, you know the ship had kind of sailed. And the Hurricanes need goal scorers. They need to, people that can put pucks in the back of the net. And if you're not going to use Skinner in that role, you've got to get someone who will because God bless Jordan Stall and he does just about everything for this team, but he's not a scorer. And the Hurricanes have been crying out for a score the past few years. And they had guys in Charlotte. I understand the thinking behind keeping them down there, letting them kind of grow together and so forth. But at some point, are we here for the Carolina Hurricanes or are we here for the Charlotte Checkers? Like, if there's something that you can do to improve the, to improve the uh, scoring capacity of the team that can't score, why wouldn't you do it? That's the thing that I think most people got more frustrated with Peter's Uh, than anyone else as far as like a seminal moment uh, what comes to mind is a game toward the uh, middle of March late in the season you know by this point the playoffs are a pipe dream Um, the Hurricanes had a 4-1 lead over the Bruins with 10 minutes left they lost the game six to four they gave up five goals in the last 10 minutes of the actually yeah five goals in the last 10 minutes one was an empty netter so they gave up four goals in the span of like six minutes.
0: I want to note. And I want to note something really quick, not to interject, but to do exactly that. Uh, we were trying yes. to lose, and we beat your ass. <laughs> yes, I know. It was like I was, I was like, I, "Why I, are we beating the Hurricanes?" Stop!
1: I think we did it twice, yes, if I'm not I mistaken. Know. Yeah, you did well. the The Rangers have had the Hurricanes number for years. You, I mean, I remember the game you're talking about was not too long after that Bruins game. And someone asked Peters in the press conference after the game, what is it? Basically, what is it with these guys? And he said, Boy, if I knew I'd tell you. It was like because 5-1 t-
0: and someone texted me, like a, a listener of the show, and they were like, Did we
1: beat the Hurricanes for a particular reason? <laughs> I was like, No, we just kicked their ass. We can't help it. It's it was it's bizarre. Um, but I mean I had and it's funny you mentioned that because I Darren Ravel, God love him, had something up on Twitter last night about um, leads like, like story leads that were unwritten, um, with Bartolo Cologne, possibly pitching a perfect game. Oh my some God. Luck- yeah, I know. Right. Um, some would have been phenomenal by
0: the way. I don't, yeah. I don't know what I would have done. Sorry to cut you off.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. They would have, they would have thrown a parade for like, I'm I, convinced I would have had um, to go some Rangers writer posted on Twitter, the lead for the perfect game had it been thrown. That he had already written because they got, he got to what, like seventh or eighth inning. Almost
0: the eighth.
1: Yeah. And so obviously that never saw the light of day. And it made me realize, it made me think about a month or so ago, I had posted the lead to that Bruins game on Twitter that I just Control A deleted (laughs) and had to come up with something in the last 10 minutes because it was just a complete collapse. And if you wanted to see um, the game that I think encapsulated, where Hurricanes fans really lost their patience with Peters, that was it. Because I know you're playing the Bruins, but you're up 4-1 in your own rink with 10 minutes left. You should not be losing that game.
2: So Peters has his basically an opt-out by the end of this week. Right. But from what it sounds like from our conversations, it kind of sounds like a foregone conclusion that the Hurricanes are going to go a different direction.
1: I think so, and that's certainly the, uh, the the feeling that I get from talking to people inside the organization and um, you know, going to the press conference last week that the owner Tom Dundon had. Um, you know, obviously Dundon wants to save a million six if he can by not firing him and letting Peters walk um, on his own. Uh, so that's where the, that's where the delay is. I mean, it's basically a high stakes game of chicken. Peters is basically daring Dundon to not fire him while he's looking around at other jobs and Dundon saying, I'm not going to fire you. It's kind of the, you know, you're fired. You can't fire me. I quit. You know, that kind of thing. Um, So it's, I think he's probably gone one way or the other. And it's just a question of who the one is that pulls the trigger, whether it's Peters or whether it's the team. Um, I don't really see a way that he can come back at this point. It became public knowledge today, Monday, that he's, been contacted by other, um, organizations. I'm sure the stars have called. I'm sure that, uh, the flames were mentioned. It wouldn't surprise me if they get a call, you know, maybe he goes back and works as an assistant in Toronto. I don't know. Uh, there, there are options. There is the point. And I think that once you start sniffing around, that it kind of becomes a foregone conclusion, uh, that he's probably not coming back. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they just promote the, uh, the coach from the, from the checkers, Mike Bellucci, who, uh, used to be the Plymouth Whalers coach, uh, once upon a time, uh, obviously he's done well with the checkers this year. Uh, they're going to the playoffs and are playing the great uh, fries, bro. They have great fries. Yes. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the, the direction they go in, but at this point I'd have to think that if you're, putting money on it it's probably 70 75 that he's gone and that might be understating it by a little bit Other i than- do i do like gambling as do i but for entertainment purposes only yeah well I'll, for you yes
2: for me <laughs> i i i'll i'll admit when i uh when i when i put money down on a bet now Listen, brian I it does sound like you're fairly bad. down I, I, on I, I, bill peters greg you're, but- you're talking over our guest let him finish i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry
1: Brian, what were you saying as before Greg? I was just giving, I'm giving you an edit point there. Okay, great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, what Brian, give me in your most I, – I, it, it's a lot to ask because obviously if someone tried to ask me to give an unbiased opinion of Elaine Vigneault, God help them. But yeah. try and give me a reason why Bill Peters would be a good fit for the Rangers and why I should be terrified if the Rangers are interested in
1: Bill Peters strikes me as the new age Denny Savard in a way. He's the guy that comes in before the guy you get to take you over the top. Interesting. Um, you remember that that Savard was the coach of the Blackhawks for a couple years coming out of the lockout. Um, you know, he got the Hawks back to some semblance of respectability. Really, really young team. Um, you know, not expected to do a whole lot. Then he got fired, you know, a couple years after the lockout, they hired Quenville and they went on to win three Stanley cups. Peters kind of strikes me as that same kind of guy. He's got a ceiling. I don't really know what he'd do with a more veteran team because he's never really had one here. And his calling card has always sort of been working with younger guys. Um, he coached Rockford, the, the, uh, Blackhawks AHL affiliate, which is where he was hired from to come here. Uh, before that, he was, an, or no, uh, af- after that, no, he was hired from Detroit. He was an assistant to Mike Babcock in Detroit. Uh, before that, he coached in Rockford, and before that, he was the coach for a decent while for the uh, Spokane Chiefs of the Western Hockey League. So he's got a long history of working with younger players. I think that's kind of his calling card. And frankly, I don't know what he would be like with a team of you know grizzled veterans, you know, thinking of the The Bruins come to mind, you know, just guys up and down that just have, you know, playoff experience using out the wazoo and, you know, all over the place and not a whole lot of of young blood in there. Um, That's never really been Peters' calling card, and it might just be more uh, more a uh, victim of circumstances than anything. Um, But I kind of get the sense that he's the sort of guy that you want to have in place to put the blocks in place and to put the structure in place that then you build on with the next guy that comes in Hmm. so i think if if a team hires peters um i probably wouldn't expect them to um depending on where they are right now i wouldn't expect them to necessarily contend for a playoff spot next year but in some cases that might be okay i mean it was okay here when we hired him um four years ago nobody was expecting the playoffs four years ago and i think even Uh, Last year was probably the first real season that there was even a a hint of expectation. I don't think it was quite universal at that point. This year, it was pretty much universal. The expectation was that the Hurricanes were going to make the playoffs, and Peters couldn't get him over the hump to do it. I don't know if that means that he's incapable of doing it, if it has to do more with the players he had available to him, or if it's a coaching-style thing. But as of right now, he hasn't proven that he can take a team and make them overachieve into the playoffs. Interesting. Well,
2: the Rangers definitely fit the bill as a team that may or may not flirt with a playoff spot next year. We'll definitely be on the younger side, but I, I would say expectations as of right now, this team doesn't feel like a playoff team. Again, a lot can change between even now and the draft, but if we're talking about how the team is constituted at the moment, it really feels like this team is building more towards a two-year plan, mm-hmm. um, but it, yeah, that's it's it,
1: probably it, right up Peters' alley. I mean, that's, that's the type of organization that, that I think fits him well. He did well with the teams that he had here. I mean, if you want to say he overachieved, I think he may have a little bit the first year he was here and to an extent the second year. He got submarined by goaltending, which has been, you know, our <laughs> it's, it's just been a recurring nightmare here for the last 12 years or so, um, and it's never really changed. Um, but it just seems like there's a, there's a ceiling for what we've been able to see. There's a ceiling of consistency and there's a ceiling of, at some point, you just need to get a bunch of parts that are bigger than the whole to try to do something and move it forward. And there's no better example. And honestly, what the Vegas Golden Knights are doing this year is making it a lot tougher for coaches like Peters to say, well, I don't have the guys available to us because Gerard Gallant took a you know bunch of ragtags and they're on the verge of sweeping the first round of the playoffs and we're in the conversation for the president's trophy until the last couple of weeks of the season so you know it makes it that much harder if you're a coach like peters that's on the hot seat and you've got an owner that's paying attention he says well this guy can go out and you know post 105 points what's your excuse
2: That's, that's totally fair
0: Brian, I want to thank you for coming on and sure. and saying all these knowledge things to us. I think Greg was going to ask a question, but I have no I have no longer any question on my side. Greg, <laughs>
2: go ahead. I was I was just going to say if you wanted to put a bow on the hurricane season because I remember we had you on during when we were doing all our preseason stuff, and you were
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then you said that the Hurricanes could and should be a playoff team. Obviously, it didn't happen, and now we're lottery bros. You are um, correct, sir. How, how would how would you put a bow in the mess that was 2017, 2018? Well,
1: Hurricanes? I think you described it right there. It was a mess. Um, you know, Scott Darling never got out of the gate. Um, I think he comes back next year. Um, I don't really see a situation where the Hurricanes have two new starting goal or two new goaltenders. I wouldn't be shocked if they have zero, but I don't think they are going to keep. I don't think they're going to keep one of them. And I think the more likely one to go is Cam Ward. Um, but then there's so much institutional knowledge that's wrapped up there that it wouldn't surprise me if they come back with both of them this year. Uh, they've got a guy, Alex Nedelkovic who led the AHL and wins this year uh, down in Charlotte. He's still probably a year or two away. And you have to think that at some point he's probably going to get a crack at the NHL. But I don't think they're quite ready for it yet. Um, you know, this roster should have been good enough to make the playoffs. They were largely healthy this year. That wasn't an issue. Um, you know, they had trouble scoring, but they've had trouble scoring forever. And um, part of the reason that Ron Francis is no longer the general manager, I think, is that he, you know, he was almost too conservative and held his cards too tight to the vest. He's got the assets to make a deal and try to bring some scoring in and just he sat on them. So, You know, Peters at some point seemed like he was getting a little bit frustrated with how things were going. But then at other times, he was overly complimentary of the job the front office had done. So I think there's a little bit of, you know, friend or foe going on there to try to make it more, you know, try to just add a monkey wrench into this whole thing. Um, You know, they should be again in the playoff conversation next year. But let's see a who the new GM is and b what changes they bring to the roster. They don't really have anything. You know, too far, uh, you know, any significant pieces that are up for a contract this year. Um, Slavin and Pesci have new contracts that kick in this year. Um, Skinner is going to be up after next year. That's the next big one that's coming down the pike. But for next season, it's going to largely be the same group of guys. And it's just a matter of if they can add to that, probably by trade in the off season. If they can, I think we're probably having a different conversation this time next year. At least I hope so.
0: Anything else, Greg?
2: No, that, that, <laughs> I, that, I, he put, a, he put about, Brian put a bow on it.
0: The bow, it was a nice present underneath my theoretical Christmas tree. Brian, I was thinking of you before, but I'm going to thank you again. Always a pleasure having you on. Come back on again. Cause you really yeah. do uh, drop some fucking knowledge and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, man. Uh,
1: I'll P- try to do, I'll try to do some uh, real estate research and see if there are any more side deals being, <laughs> try
0: to find where Girardi's moving next, man. Can That's you, uh, can you just plug your stuff real quick and then we'll get out of here.
1: Yeah, you can find us at canescountry dot com. Uh, we're actually doing um, something kind of cool. What we do during the playoffs is assign beat writers to each um, each playoff series, and so every day we have a daily post of oh, fun recaps from the previous night, things to look for in that night's games, and you know everybody kind of pitches in. It makes for some really long articles because of the first round. You've got you know eight series going out. Yeah, the it's a time. lot. Um, but. You know, the way we do it, you know, it gives everybody a chance to kind of keep their writing chops in form when there's not a whole lot going on. And I think it, and our writers have really done a bang-up job um, covering these series so far. Um, I'm especially appreciative of the guy that's covering the Caps and Blue Jackets series because he actually lives in D.C. Oh, and man. Productling the, the Caps fan zeitgeist in real time. It's hysterical. Oh. Every night, Every night he's texting me about some Caps fan friend of his that's just ready to hurl himself off the Washington Monument. I mean, it's there. I, 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 I complain about the Hurricanes not having been in the playoffs in the last nine years, but at least I'm not a Caps fan.
2: <laughs> Shots fired. It's, it, it's all right. At least they have the
1: Nationals. <laughs> oh, wait. The what about the Wizards? <laughs> uh, yeah, And Jay, John, John Wall's from Raleigh, so shout out to John Wall.
0: That's true. Uh, at least the Reds get – Anyway, um,
1: no, no, no. He's the, he's the wizards. He's no, the, he's I, the...
0: I, I know he's the wizards. I already mentioned the wizards. Then the Redskins, they have them at least, right? RG3. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's going well. Uh, yeah, Kirk I mean, Cousins. That's nice. That's cool. All so right. Anyway,
1: uh, um, canescountry.com at canescountry on Twitter. Um, Kane's picks on Instagram PIX. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we're kind of keeping with it and as has been our tradition, we're going to get underway with draft coverage here in a little while of the playoffs. I know you were
0: wondering, Brian, but no, we don't stop podcasting during the summer and there's nothing to talk about. We continue. Right.
1: Well, if you, uh, if you if you want to have me on, maybe we can talk about something other than hockey. Uh, right?
0: Actually, I have one question. I just have a strange yes. feeling before we go. Are you sure. a World War II guy? Not really. Oh, fuck. I just all thought right, I, had I had a feeling. Had <laughs> a feeling. Alright, I was wrong. Alright, we're going. <laughs> Brian, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. You bet, guys. Peace out. Hey, we're back. Thanks, Brian, for giving us all that deets On some coaching situations and other stuff. Brighto was a great guest. Let's talk about our single five-star question we received this week. This was the last week of five-star questions. We might extend another week. If you put reviews on iTunes, rate five stars and ask questions for one more week, we'll, we'll answer them. But if you don't, this segment's over. Thanks for joining. Enjoying the ride. We are officially at a lot more ratings than we were before. So that's good. We have one question this week from M Dude. I'm assuming that means my dude. Five nine nine. It's five stars. He said, "Let's go, Rangers." Love the podcast. My first one, actually. Man, you've missed a lot. It's a lot you've missed.
2: Actually, I feel so bad that we're your first. That's like, that's like losing your virginity to the fat I kid. I think he means my great... my first Rangers podcast. No, I think he means his first. Well, first of all, he or she. Let's not assume. Oh,
0: he's my dude. Uh you know what? It's nothing Let's not assume. Uh,
2: how many girls I've called? Plenty of girls, dudes.
0: That's true. I have one friend who just can't stop saying dude now, and everything mm. he says is, every other word is dude, and I don't know how to handle it.
2: Yeah, I don't care for Moons either, if that's who you're talking it's about. It's not Angel at all. I love, I love him.
0: I love Angel. It's my, um, it's my best friend. Whatever. Sean.
2: Dude is just a term. It just comes out of the mouth. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. That's I call wild. a lot of people man.
0: Yeah, I do man a lot.
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big man guy.
0: I have a problem with that. All right, let's uh let's answer his question. I started sure. I started listening recently, and I feel like I've learned so much about hockey. And the Rangers, man, you so. can't be talking <laughs> yeah, about my yeah, podcast, what you, wrong podcast. Uh, five star question. If you had to say, what are the chances the Rangers make the playoffs next year and make the rebuild more like a retool, like the Yankees had a couple of years ago? Thanks.
2: Uh, it's difficult to say because there's just so much up in the air, so much in the air. Everywhere I, say, I look
0: around,
2: I, I will say this: if, I would say if you're expecting the Rangers to do anything beyond maybe capture one of the two wild card spots in the East right, next year, right. you're expecting too much. I, I think there's there is there's always a chance, and we saw it this year with the Devils. If you have good young talent on your roster, you can play yourself into the playoffs before or ahead of schedule, and the Rangers have the makings of a team that could possibly do that. A lot has to happen in order for me to really believe that. But if you wanted me to put a number on it, 40% chance that they win a wild card. That's just pretty, because the wild cards are so volatile.
0: My dog is howling because he disagrees with you.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me, artist.
0: Uh, my dog artist, said, no, he doesn't, 40 is too high, you must think lower. I think you have to set your expectations pretty low next year, especially, I mean, if John Tavares comes, and Col- maybe Kovalchuk comes, and even if Kovalchuk comes, I-, I don't know. The Metro, it was a shit show, but also strong, in some ways. Philly has come uh, up, the Devils I feel- are like, the Devils are it- now a contender, Like, do you feel like we could really compete with the Philly and the Devils next year? Because uh, let's, let's say, alright, let's just play a little game. The Capitals sure. capital, stick around, sure, right?
2: They're, yeah, the team's loaded. I mean, Alain Vigneault for sure.
0: Alain Vigneault and the Caps come; they're they're sticking around. Good, that's one spot. The, yeah, the Blue Jackets. I have a problem seeing them go away too.
2: Uh, I think, were, that, but you also, I, I feel like we're forgetting that there were there was a time this year where it didn't look like the Blue Jackets going to make the but playoffs. But
0: there's streaky man and Bob gets hot, and that's it. I mean, you can make the same case for Hank. I understand. Yeah. Um. And then the Penguins. So those are the three teams of the Metro not going anywhere. So really what you're saying to yourself as a Ranger fan is can you beat out the Devils, the Flyers, and then in the Atlantic, the wildcard teams there, which would be the Leafs? No, not the
2: Leafs. Uh, the Leafs finished top three. The yep. Leafs will finish top three again next so year. So Florida? The Panthers?
0: Uh, yep.
2: Um, I, I would say it wouldn't surprise me if the Rangers finished ahead of two of those three teams. It also wouldn't surprise me if the Rangers finished last out of those teams Uh, that that that's the point if if you have the right coach and you have young players that are hungry and you have anything resembling a defense playing in front of Henrik Lundqvist I don't think you are off base saying the Rangers could possibly be a wildcard team next year however I think it's more likely that they're not but I don't think it's as far apart as it seems and this could all change if the Rangers completely blow it up this offseason, it could all change, right? So what we really – I think it's – its I don't want to lie to – Everything's in
0: holding right now. You, you just listened to your first podcast. I appreciate the question. Thanks for coming on. But right now, if you want to know the answer, got to
2: come back next week. <laughs> not even next week. You got to come back later this summer. It's just – Yeah, stick around. dude, I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to give you false expectations.
0: M dude, I'd never I, do that
2: to you. I'm going to say at this exact minute, the odds are against the Rangers for making the playoffs next year. Could that change in August? Absolutely. Right. I'm excited to find out.
0: And you have to understand next year's team is going to be way, way more fun to watch. Uh, Yeah. You're actually going to love next year's team. You're going to fucking love it, even if it is losing. All right. That's my only five-star question. If you want to throw some more next week, you can. Otherwise, the segment's over. <laughs> we'll think of a we'll think of a new segment. We're putting uh,
2: it we're putting it on you. We got stickers to give away. We got to start trying to think of ways to give away these. We got
0: stickers. some stickers to give away. So
2: well, here's what we'll do. Okay, I'm oh, making it up on, on the podcast. I'm making it up on the spot. I can guarantee you, we have not talked about this at all. So I'm excited.
0: It's not that hard of a concept.
2: Oh boy, you uh, me. The, the listener, Greg Kaplan.
0: No, the people okay. listening. <laughs> if you're out there and you're like, man, I want stickers. And yep. also, I don't want to support Boucher's Breakaway on Patreon because I'm sad. Um, <laughs> you were going to say we
2: – I know what you were thinking. You were going to say cheap.
0: No. I was actually never going to say that. That was never coming uh, out of my mouth. I know it sounds no. like I was going to say that, but it doesn't. Yeah. I was well, thinking of a good word because I don't want to, like, disgrace anyone because I think they're listening. That's amazing. I can't believe you're doing that in the first place. That's incredible. <laughs> uh,
2: I, was, I was thinking that.
0: I, yeah. Well, I know why. Anyway. Um, Whoa! We, oh, <laughs>
2: that, that's only funny because it's it's only totally funny when I say it. When, when you say it, we're, we're starting. To, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Eric Schneiderman on the line. I'm gonna uh, investigate Lissa, you. Listen, I love you, buddy.
0: Um, I, I think if usually we, we put out some big articles during the week. Uh, Greg does a great job, and so does Drew. I think if we do, we'll do we'll do retweet giveaways, and we'll send out some stickers. Maybe lots once once stickers. every two weeks, we'll do that.
2: We gotta we gotta deplete our current sticker stock so we can reload for new stickers come draft time.
0: So um, we have more stickers left than I was prepared. I, I fair to say, I ordered too many stickers,
2: but no such thing. Are you gonna order the same amount of stickers later this summer? Yes, never too many stickers.
0: Never. Uh, also, shirts are coming soon. For everyone that has yeah. subscribed to the Patreon at uh, that level, yeah. uh, they're co- we're, we're in the process of getting those shipped over to us, and I'll be shipping them out to all the, all the peoples that are supporters. And, we, should,
2: we should add...
0: I was going to mention right now, we're going to give some of those shirts away this summer.
2: But also, we should add, not an unlimited supply of shirts, people.
0: No. These shirts, got to tell you, going faster than I expected.
2: Yes. And how many uh i could answer this question because i know i have it written down i would say we have 45 to 50 shirts left
0: that's true well i would say 40 ish 40 ish Mm
2: -hmm. i will say if you want to guarantee yourself a shirt only way you can do it is by becoming a top tier patreon subscriber Top-tier patreon
0: and you're not you're not cheap you're not cheap i know i i know what greg thinks about you it's not true
2: (laughs) otherwise you're playing a dangerous game my friend
0: Yes. Uh, but thanks so much. For, that's enough plugging for us. We've done too much. We've um, done quite a bit. With the
2: is Bushers Breakaway?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought a plant. Now hear, hear me out.
2: I don't understand.
0: Hear me out. <laughs> I've had a rough week. I think that's fair to say. Had a lot, yeah. a lot go on. It's one A lot of aspects. I mean, it's been like the last seven days together. A lot of aspects of my life have gone crazy. Yet here I am doing a podcast. Mm. Uh, so I was in, I was in cleaning mode. We had one nice day. Jeez. <laughs> one nice day <laughs> in New York. Uh, so I was in cleaning mode. Went to Home Depot. I saw this really dumb, awkward, awful plant. Yep. It uh, we can post a picture on the Twitter. It is a six foot corn plant. Now I know what you're thinking, Ryan. Is that does it grow corn? It does not. But it looks nope. like stalks of corn, maybe a little bit. I fell in so love. It's corn.
2: Corn adjacent. It's
0: corn plant house plant. And I was at Home Depot, and I was like, this thing needs love and a home. And somehow I picked it up and carried it to my car and put it in my hallway. So now I have a giant fucking plant in my hallway and I'm in love with it. There you go. Hmm. It makes me happy. How was your birthday, Greg?
2: Yeah, so let's do a birthday edition of uh, Who the F is Blue Shirt's Breakway. I bought I myself an
0: early gift. It was my plant. Oh, I should tell I, you I, I named oh. my plant. I've been listening to a lot of Hamilton. I'm like oh kind God. of obsessed. I don't know how I'm so late to this. Yeah. I'm really late. But okay. I named my plant. You, you know General Lafayette?
2: Mm, yes named- he was he was a son of a bitch
0: yeah i named my plant general lefayette all
1: right
0: that's two for two <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh so anyway uh on wednesday of last week your boy turned 29 yo shut your up, Thank you. Shut Thank up you. See you boy. so i want to uh, let's do a birthday edition of who the f is blucher's breakaway when i was in high school this is going to surprise a lot of people i was a bit of a shit
0: well um, on, what's
2: changed <laughs> my mom, my mom and I, this was one of the few years where my birthday didn't fall during Passover. So I was allowed to have real cake. This was a big fucking deal. Oh, we talked about this. But uh, have we talked about it on the podcast? I think we talked about the cake thing on the podcast. Did I? Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Because I, I heard the story. Pretty sure you told me about I'm the cake. I'm pretty sure I only tell the story on podcasts. So, all right. Well, there you go. My mom threw my cake off a of birthday uh, for my birthday because I locked her outside in the rain. Pretty, that, sure, we, pretty sure. Pretty sure. All right, all right,
0: different, different birthday story. No, uh, but I'm pretty sure I've heard this. And the only way I've heard this was on a podcast. Uh,
2: all right. Omaha, Omaha, Omaha,
0: Omaha, Omaha. Should we, should we trade all Beckham?
2: Oh no, we've already talked about
0: that too. Oh my God. This deja vu episode.
2: Oh man. Um, Ah, uh, let's see. Most depressing you, birthday no, I've
0: ever had? No, it's not that sad, bro. I'm too sad already.
2: It's not that sad. Like, it, I wasn't, like, crying. You it know was
0: what? just Fuck it. I, I, I'm audible here
2: for you. Okay. The Mets are doing really well.
0: No, 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 no. I want to tell this <laughs> birthday
2: story. I want to tell this birthday story. Then we can talk about the Mets. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it's not. It's just I grew up in a town that I thought was mostly Jewish. And then one yeah. of my birthdays, I realized it wasn't. It was... My birthday was on a Sunday during Passover. It was also Easter Sunday and the final round of the Masters. And I was definitely too old to ever have a birthday party. But it was still my birthday and I wanted to hang out with my friends. I quickly figured out that all my friends were doing Easter shit. So I spent my entire birthday deprived of cake with my dad watching the final round of the worst Masters ever.
0: I, I, I don't want to be this guy but do it you've also told this story no <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you ate Chinese food with your dad yeah no master. I didn't even eat
2: Chinese there was never Dude, Chinese
0: food I promise you I don't know if you told it on this podcast I oh, cannot no. remember but you have told me that. And then I talked about my dad and he gave me the, the thing for Easter. This happened, oh. dude. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Let me see if I can find you the birthday. Hold on hold, no. hold, on, hold, on, hold on. hold on. No, I'm
0: not holding. Everyone has listened to this already. It's deja vu. <laughs> no one cares.
2: So, Which anyway, I'm, the Mets not. are 12-2. and 2. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the Mets are 12-2 along with the Red Sox. I got the Red
2: Sox are 13-2. and They're half game up on it. I
0: just looked. Oh, they are 13-2. You're right. Yeah, I know I'm right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yankee 7 um
2: this, Nationals six and eight, I think.
0: Uh worse, actually, seven and nine.
2: Uh, Isn't that
0: worse? Uh, no. It's not better. Well that's not, it's the same actually. <laughs> uh pretty much. But all being all that being said, this is Mets team, how dangerous is this to your health?
2: Uh tragic, actually. It's
0: tragic. Because it's you're in a spot, I think both of us agree that we did not expect this.
2: Right. And the, the problem is, like mathematically, yeah, it's been fourteen games. At the same time, it's now becoming – it will be a, dram- a tremendous disappointment if the Mets somehow don't make the playoffs. It, like,
0: and at no I, I'm here season, for you
2: because yeah. I'm ready for it. At no point in the season, if your team is 10 games over 500, should they miss the playoffs? That's the rule number one to being a good baseball team. Because if the Mets just play 500 baseball from here on out, they should get to about 88 wins, which puts them – 88 wins should get you a wild card. So all the Mets have to do for the rest of this season is be average. And this team is, with the pitching they have, if it stays healthy, is capable of at least being average.
0: Got to be honest. There's been a lot of good pitching performances from this team. Uh, the bullpen has been no, Not the phenom- starters.
2: This st- like That was Syndergaard's best start yesterday. Right. But the, the, the starters – The
0: bullpen has been phenomenal and also – The response hitting this team has is ridiculous.
2: Oh, my God. The numbers are crazy. The Mets. I think
0: it's like 14 innings they've scored.
2: No, no, no. It's it's more than that. It, It was going into the Brewers series. The Mets had given up runs in 23 innings, and they had promptly scored in the next half inning 12 times. And then they did it. They did it yesterday. They gave up two runs, and Nimmo immediately hit a solo home run to tie the game. They did it on um, Remember when Friday you said as well. God, that was weird. I, it was just a it was a paper move though.
0: Still weird. That,
2: that it was a paper move. He's okay. back right. and now. He's hitting the cycle like every fucking night because that's <laughs> the Mets this year. Sure, this seems unbelievable.
0: It does. Also, really do, wrong, do really. you want to
2: talk about as the last bit of nonsense before we get out of here the trade that the Giants and Marlins agreed to for Giancarlo Stanton before he said no to San Francisco?
0: Yes. I'd like you to read off the trade so I can react appropriately.
2: Oh, my God. God. Um, I need to pull it back. I know the major leaguer that people are going to know in this deal is
0: Denard Span.
2: Denard Spann was the major leaguer. Okay. Denard, it, it was left-handed pitcher Andrew Suarez, third baseman Jacob Gonzalez, and veteran outfielder Denard Spann. And- if you haven't heard of Suarez... And Gonzalez?
0: That's fine, because they're nobody.
2: Suarez is maybe the Giants' seventh best pitching prospect.
0: And and I got to talk to you about the Giants' farm. It's awful.
2: It's bad. And Gonzalez is not even on the top 30 in the Giants' system? Nope.
0: And they were like, well, they had to take all the money, though, right? That had to be the case? It had to be
2: the case. But we go back and look at what the Yankees now offered Stanton. They overpaid. They did. And both those
0: those prospects, like the Yankees' farm system is stacked. Uh, Harrison and I believe it was Jorge Guzman uh, are both – Guzman. Guzman, sorry. Guzman? Guzman? Jeez. That was bad. I'm sorry. That was bad. That was bad. Guzman Uh, have actually significant upside and can be real players.
2: So let, fact- let me let me put it let me put it this way: If the Yankees got Suarez, Gonzalez, and Span for Starlin Castro, we'd have a problem with that trade. We'd have a serious problem with that trade. <laughs> the 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 quote unquote best piece the Yankees gave up for Giancarlo Stanton, if the Giants' package was offered for Castro, it gets laughed out of the building.
0: Absolutely, and I can't even really talk about the Yankees right now because because yeah, you suck. No, not because we suck. I mean,
2: the, hey, stop booing Stanton, by the
0: way. The bull plan the well, because Stanton fucking had a week, dude. He went nuts, and Aaron Judge yeah. is hitting the ball everywhere. He's
2: that's, that's cool. He's still five hundred. Yeah, because we're seven, your seven. Team is dead.
0: Well, yeah, that too. I think Gladwell, also, but are people
2: talking enough about the shitty start Gary Sanchez has gotten off to? No,
0: I don't think so. He was two for twenty-two at one point in the last week, and uh, he's really been struggling. Uh, it's been terrible. Judge <laughs> Judge and Stanton have really done their job. I know that Stanton had his two significant strikeout games, but since then he's been torrid, man. Like, just like you said on the last podcast, he, when he gets hot, is unstoppable. And that's what he's been. And, and with the exception of the game where the Red Sox literally murder the Yankees 14 to one. Uh, and they, I just, I'm going to complain about Aaron Boone a lot this summer. I feel it he's, ar- already. He's,
2: he's um, the, uh, he's the anti Callaway.
0: It's it, mind boggling. Hit where he goes out there and just, like, leaves a guy in. And he doesn't have guys warming up in situations that are tough. And he brings in the wrong guys. I just... His bullpen management is just so questionable. And this early, I mean, I hope he can learn. Obviously, it's a process. Mickey Callaway has a little bit more than him. Boone's been in ESPN the last couple of years. But, man, I I didn't really like the signing when it happened. And I still... I, I don't have a good feeling about it.
2: Uh, meanwhile...
0: Mickey looks good,
2: man. He, he His management of the pitching staff has been... Otherworldly. I think that's fair. I, 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 the word I was going to say is pristine. Like he hasn't. The, he made his "quote unquote" first mistake uh, yesterday, and it involved bringing in Jay Bruce to pinch it with second and third and two out and Syndergaard on deck, and he had no intention of taking Syndergaard out of the game. So they just walked Bruce to get the Syndergaard, and then Syndergaard popped up, and it it seemed weird at the time, but even his explanation as to why he decided to do that, he said he didn't want to play Jay Bruce in the field. He didn't want to double switch Jay Bruce into the game. He needed another inning out of Syndergaard, so Syndergaard was always going to bat in that situation, and he had to pinch it with somebody. So he, I, the argument you can make is that he should have just let Tomas Nito hit. But that's like still a refreshing argument that he made. It's a sound. It's a sound argument. What what he should have done is just let Nito hit, and either the Brewers pitch to Nito where they don't, and then you still get the bases loaded and two out for Syndergaard, uh, and you don't burn Bruce that early in the game, but. You know what? The Mets won the fucking game and Syndergaard pitched well the next. Well, he got the one out he needed to get the next thing and then he walked the guy and they pulled him. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Every reliever that Callaway brings into the game just fucking works. And I don't know if that's because the relievers the Mets have now are good or if that's just like Callaway knows who to bring in when. Lugo and Gazelman have been – Gazelman's going to win a Cy Young. I, I don't know how he's going to do it. What? He's going to do it in a bullpen.
0: <laughs> okay, we got to go. <laughs> more Yankees and Mets talks come the rest of this offseason. Uh, what you can look forward to this offseason. A lot of fucking nonsense. A lot of fucking nonsense. We're going to try and cover the playoffs a little bit more as they go on. Uh, but not us personally, because we're not great at it. We're going to talk about the Rangers. But we're going to try and bring on some guests to talk about the playoffs. We might be making an appearance on some other podcasts, so we'll let you guys know.
2: Uh, yeah, and as you've got a taste with today, we're going to be focusing a lot on the coaching search. We can tell you next week we're going to be talking a lot about Sheldon Keefe.
0: Absolutely. A right. lot about Sheldon Keefe. All right, man. We out of here. Peace. Follow us on Twitter at Break, We're almost 1100. Bye. I love you. Bye.